0: Hey, Print hustlers, welcome back to another episode of Printavo, Print hustlers Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce from Printavo. We've got a very special guest with us today, Austin Boyd out of a live print shop. Uh, Austin, actually, this one took a little bit of time. This has so been crazy. Schedule. Um, I think we've been trying for a month or two, probably more on my fault. Yeah. But no, one, one, one was definitely my fault. <laughs>
1: At least one. How have you been? It's been good, man. Um It's been one heck of a year. You know, I'm ready for 2021 to be the best year ever.
0: How'd you guys end up last year?
1: You know what? We came out um, only 8% under 2019, which was not bad. But we made a lot of expansions, so it's kind of bad, you know, but I think we kind of made it through. All the bills got paid. It's kind of that, okay, let's let's see how long we can survive, you know, until things open up because we're ready. You know, we made all these new changes and we're ready to really handle uh, a lot more. And so um, it's been a lot of change, but it's been good. We've learned, we've learned a lot of stuff.
0: What kind of changes I saw from your Instagram? You guys have a really cool new building.
1: That was that was the biggest one. I mean, we started planning that like middle of 2019. It was actually built, you know, from ground up, everything like that. And so we were supposed to be moved in February of 2020. That got pushed all the way to October, which was crazy. You know, we went from 4,000 square feet to 20,000 square foot building. We're, we're taking up about 12,000 of it right now. Mm. Why did uh, it push back? Just, just everything it was under construction like we were one of the first buildings where like to do our inspection with the city we literally had like the inspector on facetime and we'd have to walk around and like show them the building because in the beginning like everybody was too scared you know they didn't want to come in person they didn't know what was going on sure and so um just countless things like that even just the city hooking up our power took uh took like 12 weeks Wow. Once they showed up okay. and did it, it took, it took two hours once they showed up, but it got, you know, scheduled out 12 weeks. So it was just constantly things like that. So you built the building, building. Yeah. So my, 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 I'm sharing this building with my, my parents. They, uh, they own a construction company. Okay. So we worked we work together with them on this. Um, mm-hmm. That's why we take, we have about, I would say about two thirds of it and they have the other third. And then they, we have a big uh, lot in the back where they store scaffolding and, you know, construction vehicles, everything. So now like our whole family's in this building. my, my youngest brother um, is our production manager. My, my middle brother he's you know an estimator over there for the construction company. both my parents run that. Uh, our wives all you know are intertwined and work in this so our kids are always here so it is uh, it's a blast. It's really, really cool to see everybody every day.
0: That's awesome. What what was the thought or where were you guys before? And then when did you say, okay, it's time we need to move buildings? Um, well, we were
1: getting tight. Like we into 2018, we got a second auto and you know, things were getting tight. And then we were outsourcing all of our embroidery. You know, we had a partner company. We we're try- trying to figure that out. And then like in, in 2018, 2019, we, we completely doubled sales. Like we, everything doubled. We doubled employees, we doubled sales. You know, we had 2018, we had like seven people into 20. 19 we had 14 people you know we went <clears throat> went from one to two million dollars in sales like year back to back year and things were just going and then we started connecting with customers like in 2019 we did all we did all of ufc's event merchandise which was crazy like we're not that big of a shop to handle that and somehow like three four months <clears throat> into the year we did all their event merchandise so like ufc 232 231 we're always i mean Literally pallets are showing up at our old shop, and we didn't even have a roll-up door.
0: Really? So
1: it, it, it was all these nightmare things where just little things like that that didn't make sense. And so we're hustling, and then you know it's all about networking. You know, all of a sudden you're working with this guy here, and he's like, hey, now I'm VP at this company. We're doing this and this. And then we had a customer who we had worked with uh, doing UFC merchandise, and he's like, hey, we're I'm taking over this company that does 5K runs, like event runs. He goes, we do 300 a year, and we have you know 500 to 30,000 people per event. You know, he's like, where can you put shipping containers? And we're thinking like nowhere we can't. So we st- all this started happening. And all of that is it was really funny because all we started scaling up everything. We moving into the new building contracts were getting signed at the end, like December 2019. And then, of course, all of that shut down in 2020. You know, like there's no 5k runs. There's no, you know, there's no events. But it was like a blessing in disguise because if that much of volume would have hit, we, we couldn't have done it.
0: Like we couldn't have kept up. Okay, I've, so got, we were, some, I've yeah. got some questions here from this, cause this is really interesting. UFC, that's not a small deal. That's no. not a small job by any means, especially I'm sure they have so many things and promotions and collaborations and all this stuff. You know, People that are trying to be able to find one of these larger, more stable customers, how you talk about networking, is that how you found it or how, how did this come to be?
1: Yeah, it all started by just being the, I mean, it literally, this, to go back, we're in Las Vegas. Las Vegas is the MMA capital of the world you know it's it's a big deal um I had been printing for um uh MMA gym out here for the past 12 years I mean when we went from my parents garage to our first location where we actually had a storefront I had bought pretty much the machine from the guy and took over his spot and he handed me a business card and said hey this guy stopped by yesterday, I don't know if he's serious. This dude turned out to be one of the main UFC coaches. Like he's, he's in the UFC video game, you know what I mean? You can choose him as your coach in the game. And so we became great friends, worked, did all this stuff. And then um, he introduced me to a guy who was doing the, the, the shorts back when UFC let each fighter have all their shorts branded. Well, that guy would always come through with just the last minute most ridiculous request. Somehow, you know, somehow it just worked out. And it was always these last minute, like, Hey, is there, is there a way to get like 200 shirts printed by this afternoon? And I just happened to have like 200 black shirts on hand, like weird stuff like that just happened. Mm -hmm. So it kind of built a really good reputation with this guy where I would always tell him like, Hey, when you call, I stop everything and get it done. And then that guy ended up working with someone else. And next thing you know, they formed this like big conglomerate marketing company and UFC is one of their, one of their customers. So um, when, when my friend Chase introduced me to, you know, the main owner over there, he literally walked me and said, Hey, Austin's the only person who's never lied to me. Like, he's like, in this industry, nothing's on time. You know, like nothing shows up when it's supposed to, that was my whole introduction. Hey, Austin doesn't lie to us. Like, if it's not going to happen, he'll tell us, he'll tell me if it's impossible, but he doesn't, you know, he doesn't make stuff up. And I was like, Great. Okay. I didn't, I didn't know that turned out to be the best introduction someone could give you is, hey, you, you, you just come through. What that happened, that marketing company picked up UFC. So we're working with them through it because if they weren't there to do all of the stuff marketing companies do, you know, the handholding, the design, um that's just that's way too big for us sure like that sure. was that was
0: impossible but is that um, what helped jump you from the one to two million or, or what what yeah. that's a big jump right i feel like getting, it was huge well, yeah the one million is such a huge achievement
1: that took us 10 years so yeah that makes sense that was a while uh two uh two or three things happened um one uh we have a guy who works here named jeff park who's our uh is our VP of sales. And so uh, at the same time I'm working in with that marketing company, I meet this guy named Jeff. He's running this marketing company and he does like every Korean Japanese restaurant in town. Like he does all of their stuff. He found his niche. So like within one day I get an order. It's an, a Korean restaurant. It's an ice cream um, restaurant and it's an AK-47 manufacturer like the most odd mix but it all came from this one came from this one guy and so i i called him up and i was like who the heck are you guys like what is this and he's like oh we're a marketing company you know this owner happens to own these three different restaurants and this gun manufacturer and same thing with them it was like hey when you when you work with a marketing company you're not picking up one customer you might pick up 50 customers they, they have a whole group of customers that they work with and that's the ideal customer because they're going to do all the design work. They're going to do all the hand holding. They just need somewhere to source the product. And if you make that really easy, they'll push more products to more to more of their customers. And so overnight, I mean, just helping him out, get it going. Now all of a sudden we're doing like 80 Korean restaurants. You know, like he just, he had the lockdown of like every Korean restaurant. He spoke the language. He was, you know, young doing all the marketing. He said, these guys know how to run restaurants. They just don't know how to run a website. So he comes in with this whole way. And I, I found out he was doing this all at night. He was in the Air Force that day uh, and it was him and his buddy. And he was just about to get out of the Air Force at the end of 2018. And we sat down and we're talking. He's like, I, I need something to replace my day job. You know, this marketing company is still very much a startup. And I'm thinking, I need some help. You know, I need someone. And we're sitting there coffee and we're just like, how about you? Like, how about you can help me? I'll-, I'll help you. And he came on board and literally we, we doubled sales. So just finding the right people is... Like Jeff is a maniac in the best way. Like I'll be at, you know, I'll have to go to the office at eight o'clock to do something at night or midnight or something. He texts me. He's like, Hey, I saw the alarm got deactivated. What are you doing? I'll be there. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't need to be there. I'll be there. You need help. I'll be there. Like, he's just a maniac. I love this guy so much. And so finding, I mean, finding him was, you know, starting working with him was incredible. Starting to work with multiple marketing companies that have full customer bases within their marketing company. I'm a big fan of, uh, are you you familiar with Grant Cardone? Mm Mm-hmm. We, we, you know, I started reading some of his books and I was looking, I'm like the last 10 years, I spent all of this money on equipment and we really didn't have a a, a sales training program for the people, you know, like to add five more auto presses really won't do anything for your company. If you don't have great people, if you don't have people doing the sales, doing the follow up, started getting involved. They have a sales training course that we do every single morning here for like 15, 20 minutes. And that just made us hyper aware. Do you
0: know what the course is called? Yeah, it's called, it's called Cardone University. Okay. Just for people to be able to look that up
1: yeah i mean um cardone it's not it's not cheap that's the funny thing is i mean it was a huge deal for us i mean it was like it's like 800 bucks a month for our company to do the sales training i i kind of glad that it cost a lot because it made a huge commitment for us like we don't skip it you know uh, we jump in every morning we do 15 minutes of sales training customer service training and we realized like as we started getting hyper aware like this business is not complicated like all you got to do is make good product Keep your customer happy and make sure it shows up on time. Like you do three things, and then you realize people come in with the same five questions. It's the same thing over and over. And so if you can ride right up bat hit all of those things, here's their objectives, here's the price point, here's the quality, and you hit all these things right up front and be very personal, uh, it, it makes it really easy. And then you know, uh, like my my favorite customer is a customer that had a bad experience somewhere else because most of the time they're you know they're like, wow, it took seven weeks to get our shirts. I'm like. Gosh, that's that's ridiculous, you know. Somewhere else, Or like the color was printed wrong. I'm like, that's easy. We can do that, you know. Maybe if you have a hard problem, it might be something hard, but if you just want your product to show up on time, you know, it needs to be competitive price and printed right. I'm like, we can do that, you know. And so that was and just hammering that every day because for us, like, this is our career, you know. I, I dropped out of college for this, you know. Like I have, I have two, I have you know, a three and a four year old. I got a mortgage everybody else here does too it's like we take this serious because this is what pays the bills sure you know? so we what, bought t-shirt money
0: what, what what were some of those scaling challenges you know getting to one million you talk about it taking 10 years to get to one million what was and, and did I hear you 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 guys bought so, like a smaller shop initially? to get things rolling?
1: Yeah, I mean, we were pulling, a sque- like 2008, we're pulling, you know, I'm pulling a squeegee in my parents' garage, you know, after school every day. And I'm, I'm bringing Starbucks every day and bribing my teachers so I can, you know, so I can get their their orders. Like I'm a I got sophomore in high school. I, I buy two Starbucks every day. I, I buy a caramel frappuccino. I go, I joined yearbook club so I could track down all the different club teachers for yearbook club and band and orchestra. And I go bribe them with the Starbucks every day. So that's what gets us started. We're pulling squeegees in my parents' garage and then finally, like 2010, I go to get like a, a wheel repaired on my, my car and I look in the window and it's a full setup. Like it's a six color auto press from M&R. There's, a, you know, a little conveyor in there. And I had just went to my first ISS show and I'm like, dude, I stinking have this this uh, promo flyer for that setup. Like, what the heck? Why is this place closed? Why are the lights off?
0: How did and you so know it, about ISS so early? I feel like I didn't know about any trade shows until way later. I think
1: it was Ryanet. So I bought my, you know oh, I bought my no. first Riley Hopkins from, from Ryanet, all that stuff. And so man, it was so crazy cuz we met you this this past 2019 in January. Yeah. like in, in person 2009 my first time. I mean, I showed up with like a backpack and like 50 bucks in my, my you know in my pocket and barely had enough gas to get there and we ended up cash you know crashing on one of my cousins, distant relatives, couch, you know what I mean? For that weekend. And we're just there drooling, you know, like we've never seen an auto press before. We've never seen like, you know, like all of this stuff. And it's just like, it's like, you know, Disneyland. And we're just like, we're there with just a dream. Like we couldn't afford anything. We walked around and looked. We were so happy to get the freebies, you know, like, oh, I, I never bought this shirt because I like didn't have the money to buy it. So now I'm going to try out this brand because they gave me a shirt. So it goes from that to um, I find this whole setup. And so I literally have to track this guy down for like three weeks. And I find out that his parents owned this whole casino downtown in Vegas. Like a, not, a, not a huge one, not like, you know, a small little mom and pop. Like uh, it was more of like a ho- hotel, you know, casino. And he got this whim, this guy's like 40 years old, to start printing t-shirts and bought the whole brand new setup, set it up with print t-shirts. And I finally get a hold of his brother. They actually own the whole building, the whole storefront. And his brother, gets he tells me, dude, this dude's supposed to be running our chapel. He's got this crazy idea to print t-shirts. I mean, the only guy I ever knew that drew of an S-Class Mercedes, like printing t-shirts. Like It was <laughs> this ridiculous hobby that went over the top. Right, and yeah. I ended up, up working with him and his brother's like, hey, if you can buy this equipment and get him back to work. I'll give you a good deal on you know on on, um, on rent. And then I literally went and just took over payments. Like it was insane. Like equipment was there, five-year payments. He had paid the first year and a half. He said, take over payments, you know, pay my brother rent every, you know, every month, and we're good to go. And so I go from a manual press to a full brand new auto setup for like 800 bucks a month with nothing down. Like it was a stinking miracle. Like it was impossible. And then it was just a year of, you know, not even knowing how to run it and messing product up and, and everything bad you can imagine. You know, yeah. like yeah. I, I didn't know Off Contact existed on an auto for like six months. I couldn't find the lever. Like no one showed, you know, it was, it was a nightmare. I, I didn't know how to adjust the squeegee angle or the pressure or the blade, like it was all bad like it was horrible like it was horrible but, um and so we just did that for like years and then it was you know trying to find people and, and the the problem is like when you start out like the only people that you can find that are free are people that aren't really doing anything and they're not really good at anything you yeah. know that's what they have nothing to do right uh, you know and so it was um trying to you know it was really me it was me that had to grow because you know i, I had done a semester and a half of college i had dropped out I grew up around a family business but i you know i really didn't know how to do business and you know um i just knew that if i worked my butt off eventually you know it would hopefully get better and i'm talking six years of doing that if i didn't live at home i, I probably wouldn't eat most of the time you know it was I mean, just you, you had some
0: you had some really good breaks here with me in the right people yeah. but you put in the hard work to to get that opportunity to have those you know there, there was a lot of, yeah there was a lot of you
1: know, door, door knocking and and doing that. I mean, when I was in high school, I convinced this shop, I called him for like four weeks straight. And I said, Hey, can I just come sweep the floors? I, I had picked up t-shirts from my parents' construction company. And that was my 16 year old job was to run around as I, I, I annoyed these guys for four weeks until they let me just come sweep the floors. And then I'm there folding shirts for a month and I'm convinced I can start my own company. I know what's going on. You know, it was just like these ridiculous ideas. And then it was three years of like, just trying to figure it out
0: so yeah i mean you talked about people and you, how you get training for people we just did an episode uh with steven and, and matt mark about getting coaches in and mm-hmm. and and helping on the sales side on the production side like mm-hmm. it's only so much you know we don't have all the answers and no. um how, how do you think about people now you know i'm sure it's evolved over time and like also, how did this Grant Cardone sales training fit into like, when did you feel like you need to do that?
1: I think that all came around uh, 2018, like in the end of 2018, I had just realized like, I'm like, you know what, I should backtrack. I mean, what what happened is 20, 2016, I had been doing this, you know, since 28, like eight year or from 2008, I, I had nothing to show for it at the end of 2016. You what know, you mean? like, like I had no money to show for it. I had, I had been working my, my, so my butt off. everything back like, into the everything went back in i wasn't really paying myself i had you know just got married in 2014 i really you know had to turn it around and uh, i ended up going on a vacation with my family only because they paid for it like i couldn't afford it and i'm sitting there and i'm looking at the you know the the uh this the statement for the year and i'm like we made nine percent profit i'm like i could have went and worked anywhere else and made this much money like this is ridiculous and I had to make hard decisions. I said, I'm either going to go out of business, or I have to up my minimum and I have to up my price. Because if I would have only charged fifty, 50 cents more per item, I would have made like ten thousand more dollars. I'd have something to show for it, you know. I'm at the end of the year and I'm like, I still have bills to pay. Like I'm, I'm not making any money. My price structure didn't make sense. You know, there was just so many things that just didn't make sense. And I didn't realize that I was just, I was, I was hurting myself. I went back in. I called every customer. Hey, here's the new prices. I'm like shaking, I'm scared to death, you know? Here's the new prices, here's how, the new minimum. Do you remember minimums. how
0: much you raised it? Was it that 50 cents, yeah. like more, or what? You know what, it was somewhere between 50 cents to $2. But then the
1: big thing I did is it's I said- Depending set it, on I set it, who it was it, or whatever. Well, no, no, just depending on the product and the process. The big thing I did is that I set a two-week two week turnaround. I had, had no set turnaround, so stuff would just be like, oh, I think I can get this done in three days, you know? And I would just say stupid stuff like that. And I set a minimum and then anybody with or, or a two-week turnaround anything before two weeks, there's going to be a rush fee. There has to be, you know? And so I started kind of putting systems in place. But though, I mean, the main thing that we did was we, we set this flat rate price structure because I, I had a trouble with matrices, like how many colors, how many quantities, you know, it was just too much. So we did this thing where it's like, Hey, if you order 36 to 300 pieces, a front print is $3.50. We don't even care how many colors. Like I went and looked, averaged it out. I was like, what's the average price, you know? Like I went and averaged this whole thing out. We created this whole flat rate price system. So you know, it'd be like a Guildan shirt with a print is you know five dollars and fifty cents or six bucks. Mm. That's it. There's setup fees, but it's all flat. Once you go over three hundred, we do a custom price. So we we got it down where we could literally hand someone a flyer and the prices were right there. It was because I I would text people and call people and I'd throw out random custom prices and I couldn't remember what I told them. You know what I mean? Like so I had to like simplify this whole thing. When we did that, all of a sudden the next year we did the same amount of sales in 2017 and we cleared like 35% profit. And I was like, okay, this is you know what I mean? That was 2017,
0: the year 2017.
1: Okay. So year after almost same exact sales, our volume was lower and more manageable. And we priced it right where everybody got paid. I mean, heck, everybody finally got a raise, you know, that had been working for three years. Um, Bills were paid and we had enough to start even considering expanding, buying new equipment, buying buying another squeegee, you know what I mean? Like buying really simple stuff. And then it just started that process of like, okay, if we can do this, let's keep going. And so we had worked all the way up to, to 2018 and we had done good. And then I just realized that next item or equipment is not gonna change everything. Like we have to change, you know what I mean? For, for us to go to the next level, we gotta get better at sales and we gotta get better at customer service. And then our whole shift went from like, just being into screen printing for the like of like, oh, a, a auto press is cool or equipment is cool. And you know, the product is cool to like, hey, there's like, this is what I love that Grant says, is like, who's got my money? Like there's people out there with money in their pocket. They want your product. Your product needs to fulfill their me- need. If you focus on fulfilling the need, They want to take that money and they want to hand it to you, you know, like that's how a whole transaction works, but it's not about you being excited about the product. It's about you being excited about the person and the need, you know, and we just changed like that and all of a sudden still took the same amount of hard work, but it just seemed like things were starting to snowball in the right direction when they had always kind of gone in the wrong direction.
0: I want to get into that, but real quick, the price increase. This is a sensitive topic for a lot of people because I think we're all scared of of increased rate. What's going to happen? What will people say? People throw up in arms. I don't want to lose this customer. What happened when you talk to these customers?
1: I, I lost two customers. I think I had, I think I had 90 regulars, you know, 85, 90 customers. I lost two. One guy just completely went somewhere else. Actually, I want to say three, three. One guy completely went somewhere else. One guy say, like, even at your higher price, you're still cheaper than everybody else. And I was like, oh, man, I've been shooting myself in the foot for too long. I've done business with those guys for 10 years. And the third guy got really upset, chewed me out on the phone, and then called me a week later. And he's like, dude, I'm sorry. Because I own a gym. I raise my price every six months, every year. I understand I'm really sorry. And then we kept doing business together, you know? And so you, you have to do it. Like you have to do it. If you're not making enough money, you know, to be able to pay all the bills, to pay yourself, to make sure you're taking care of your family and then making sure you're putting enough money aside to make your company better, you're only hurting the customer
0: like you' you do you do this regularly now because you're right I mean our gym yeah. I get an email almost about every year early in the year it's going up every five year bucks yeah it's going up ten bucks whatever
1: do you you have to almost every year I'll look across the board and I'll look at me like man that that thing over there takes way more time than I thought it did you know whatever it is if it's it's folding and bagging man we're I'm having to take a guy off the press to fold and bag and it's taking a long time or, you know, different differently. I mean, that was the reason why we finally spent the money to buy a folding bag machine is right now. It's just killing us on time when we need to make sure we can charge enough to buy the machine to fold and bag. So now we can have it as an add on, Hey, an extra 50, an extra 85 cents. You know, if we sell 10,000 shirts and we fold and bag them all, we just made an additional 8,500 bucks, you know, because we charge 85 cents for it. So it's just simple things like that. Like you have to do it. Like you're only hurting yourself. I don't, I, I'm over being in love with screen printing for like the sake of screen printing. Like I, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in taking care of my kids. I'm take, interested in you know taking care of my employees. I got 22 people now. Uh, we, we're, we're right now we're trying to solve the healthcare issue within our company. It's not, and I, I don't care if I if I hurt someone's feeling about price because there's 300 million people out there. Someone out there has a need that I can fulfill at a price that makes sense to me. And so losing customers sometimes is the best thing you can do. Like you don't want to keep grandfathering customers in over and over and over. They're taking up your time for, and you're, you're offering a value that's below what you should be valued. Like, I don't want to work for free anymore. It's not a a prideful or a greed thing or anything like that. It's like, I love my, my employees to be paid on time. Like there was years of like, please hold your check till Monday. You know what I mean? When we were starting, because like, I knew it wouldn't clear if the customer, you know, if our employees all deposited their check, like, that's not fair to the employees that's not fair to the staff that's not fair to yourself and then you're going to not be excited about your business because it's not being a business and a business's job is to supply a need you know and to compensate you for your time and what that's when people start getting burned out is when they feel like i'm doing more than what i'm you know i'm not being valued Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you solve that problem, like it's a blast.
0: What would you have done then earlier? Is this what you have changed the prices earlier when you know you're printing on a manual or say first auto? If you could yeah. go back to then and say, "All right, Austin, you need to do X, Y, Z now." What what would it be with all of this stuff?
1: Hundred percent was was price. I would have uh, adjusted my price definitely up. Uh, I would have started setting standards like as far as a two week turnaround, like uh, you know what I mean, a week rush, like. I realize without having a standard time frame, you can't justify charging a rush. Like a rush makes sense when you have a standard t- turnaround. Like if you want stuff in two weeks, and I even tell the customer, "Hey, if your event's not like coming up soon, don't get it in a week. Like let me save you money. You know what I mean? I'm really thinking about you as a customer. Don't pay more unless you absolutely have to. Um, and so I'm not trying to convince people to you know turn everything in a week when when I it runs smoother on the production schedule for two weeks. So it's just when someone calls and says, Hey, I need this in three days, or I need this yesterday. And we physically have to go in adjust, you know what I mean? Adjust schedules to make it happen and ask people to stay late and have overtime. Like that has to be justified for the system. And then the second is like getting, not just adjusting price, getting confident about your price. That's more important than adjusting your price. Like you could adjust your price all day long, but if you're going to cave later and still honor, you know, old pricing or still match customer comes over and says, "Oh, I'm paying 75 cents to get this printed over here. Oh, I, I, you know, I don't want to miss out on that opportunity. I'm going to take it. Why? They're leaving over there because there's another problem. It's not price. You know, like price really, that's my favorite Grant Cardone thing is like, price is not the issue here. You know, if you can, if you can offer a great, you know, a product at a great time and fulfill their need, I have customers now that are coming from across town that are spending 50% more than what they used to because we answer our phone. We show them respect. You know what I mean? Like we, we give so them some- It's so funny talk about the, the like,
0: phone thing. I push on that so much as that answer dude, the phone, just pick up this, the phone. People are calling you to give you money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to take- We have that a lot and it's frustrating because it's like you you're, you know, we have people that say, wow, you answer the phone. Are you, oh, well, I mean, you guys are the only ones that answer the phone. Can we, you know, we love to be able to talk with you more, but- it, it is a huge oh, okay. problem. And I challenge people who don't or don't have somebody just watching it all the time to hire somebody part-time or something, right? Let's say you pay 13 an hour, just something to write down the orders and you Bro, can follow up later. I'm
1: doing, Bruce, doing, doing small business is hard. Big business is a million times easier than small business. You know, being the Lone Ranger on yourself, like doing your own thing is impossible. Like it is much easier to build a team and to do it like here, here's our rule. Like we, we joke around that we're all gunslingers here. It's not, has nothing to do with firearms. When the phone rings, we all reach for the phone. Like we're in an old West movie and we're trying to like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Get that phone up. And now it's kind of interesting. Cause I, I have an office with a door, our old spot. We all were crammed. I mean, my office right now, it could have fit four of our desks before. And we were crammed in and we're like you know we're, we're shoulder to shoulder in this office and the phone would ring and all three of us would go for it and we would put it up and start talking and then whoever had the call would look around and just give each other the like the worst smirk like yeah you guys are slow you know what i mean like come on step it up and it's just like that attitude of like hey we're all going to be the best we compete a little bit like not in a in a, in a a very healthy way, because everybody here would, would go jump in front of a bus for someone else here, you know? That we talk about that every single time, at least the last four years when I've hired someone, uh, I tell them, I'm not hiring you for a job. I'm not hiring you for a role. I'm hiring you to be a part of this team. So if you're a graphic designer and we need to box stuff out and it has to go out today, you're gonna jump into production, you know? Like, because it, it's gonna come full circle. It's gonna start with the salesperson, it's going to go to graphic design it's going to go to you know pre-production production it's going to get boxed and finishing and then that outcome will affect the salesperson which will affect everybody back again and so we have a rule here that that, that we say don't pee on the toilet seat why because someone else has to sit down after you you know what i mean like right, right. that's the whole reason and our whole business is a chain and it affects everybody in it so when everybody started getting super mindful of the next person's job it, it changed everything because like How the person boxes it affects sales. So sales needs to get in, become best friends with the person boxing, with everybody along the way. And if there's a need, you know, I mean, if our designers are like, hey, we're getting slammed, I'm jumping in today and I, you know what I mean, I'm doing graphic design. Or if phones are ringing, hey, I'll grab, you know, I'll grab someone who's, you know, who's doing purchasing and just start answering the phones because like it affects all of us. So we do hire people, you know, if you're a graphic designer, you're going to majority of your time be, you know, being a designer because that's your, your strength. But we all jump in and fold shirts and help out because it's, it's part of the cause, you know, and so that's kind of what, 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 what has really changed our company
0: the phone stuff i it definitely feels powerful we we use a tool called zendesk.com that handles you know inbound tickets whether they're email you can text us you can call but we can also measure the analytics too of inbound calls to answered ratio mm-hmm. and so that's one of our kpis that we says hey all right we're doing a good job on customer care because our ratio is you know 90 percent or x we we found like one bug that's causing us problems. Where like if people hang up during the IVR part, it counts negatively. We got to figure that out. But it is it that along with first response time or a couple of things that okay, we're we're accomplishing what we want to do. I, yeah. I, hey Austin, I saw you guys have a billboard. Oh yeah. Uh, what is I'll that? Is it. that for <laughs> customers? Is that or is that just for like internal? Like yeah, that's us up on the billboard. Like what do you think? No. Well, it's because we moved to a new side of town.
1: That was the, the one part. We were in Las Vegas. We moved to North Las Vegas. Okay. Um, it's also kind of our, our idea of like, let's always do something new. we would never done that before. Let's do it. You know what I mean? Like everything's kind of disrupted. Like, especially this being like a political year, I feel like online ads for a while in the middle of campaign, were just like, there's just so much stuff you're getting bombarded with. So I was kind of like, let's take a break from everybody smashing the same Facebook, Instagram button. Let's do something different. So that was kind of the whole idea. We moved to a new side of town. It got up. It definitely makes everybody that works here feel like, feel pumped. And their families drive by and they're like, hey, we saw, you know, where you guys work. You know, and like, to me, it's been, just been a really cool thing. We're only going to do it for probably three, four months. But it was kind of like, hey, we're, we're new to this side of area. Sure. We're going through, we're calling everybody that's open. Um, And so what, it was kind of a cool.
0: Cost? What that cost? I have no idea. Man,
1: it, it sucks. It's like 1700 bucks a month. Like, uh-huh. it's it's not cheap Why because they say uh, it's just like so many eyeballs or. Yeah. But I mean, here's the other thing is we moved from kind of a small back street to we're on a major, a major Avenue in Las Vegas. Like Would people call oh, you from that and see it.
0: You think sales? You,
1: you know what I, we talk about that. We don't have a lot of people saying like, Hey, I, um, oh, I saw your billboard and I called, we're not, we're not getting a lot of those, but we're, we're, we're calling everybody in our, in our area. We're sending out flyers. We're even going to door to door sometimes it just has kind of been a part of a whole a whole strategy and so there has been a lot of times where like right now we're in more of an industrial area so i'm going and trying to connect with construction companies and those guys because they're still open with you know with COVID, they're, they still have crews working all this stuff and i've had ai have had a lot of people say yeah i, I saw your guys billboard and i feel like it just validates and that's what we want to do is like we started in our garage most most shops are you know are holes in the wall i just want to create validation that yeah. Like, why would we spend that much money? Because we care. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's kind of stupid, you know, it's kind of stupid, but it's just kind of getting us out there because that's our biggest issue right now is just obscurity. Like, yeah, no one knows who we are. You know what I mean? Like we're in Las Vegas, like there's you know, a few million people here. I mean, there's maybe like 20,000 people who know who, who we are. Like we're not even, you know, scratching the surface. And that's why I don't mind price and everything like that. Because like, if you're doing enough outbound sales, you will find a customer that will fit your price and fit, you know, fit your process. Mm-hmm. Um, you just can't wait around and just see what
0: shows up in your lap. You gotta go get it. There's a shop so... here called One Hour Tees, based in Chicago, that they must have 20 billboards or something around Chicago. Oh, wow, they're, they're everywhere. There's another one that's tried it too called Victory Screen Printing that I see mm-hmm. a bunch too. But I mean, clearly there's something. But yeah, they they've really saturated. They're they're everywhere. You see them over and over, and it's like bright pink like a, yeah. a wrestling kind of uh, like animation type stuff. But
1: mm-hmm. I think that's great. Yeah, I think, I think I mean, right now Vegas is a weird city because we're in a valley. Like our whole city is, is within a circle, uh, you know, 45 minutes in any direction. Everything's right here in a circle. So that was our goal is like, let's just start saturating Vegas. Sure. Um, I mean, California is great. And, you know, uh, Arizona is great, everything like that. But that was, that was kind of our goal is just let's just push a little bit
0: more kind of over the top. Your website is really nice. You know, people can go through and pick stuff. Are you able to share some of the, the sales numbers behind it? I, I'm always curious, yeah. like, do people go through it and, and purchase or most of the business more repeat and kind of nurturing? I mean, tell us about that.
1: Almost all of our repeat business is uh, through our sales team. So just because once you get in, they are like, we even break up our sales team that you start having dedicated customers. So that way you're familiar with their whole thing. So any repeat order, we usually go through the sales team and we're usually following up with you before you're ready to reorder. But the whole idea was the website was one, the one reason why I like it, we're, we're built on Deco network, which man, it takes a lot of backend setup. Mm-hmm. It really, really does. But it, it has a few features that I like, but my one thing that I want to do is I don't want to send people the Sanmar, you know, website that has my logo on it or the SNS website. With this, the I have or something. Yeah, I have Sam I have pretty much all the major brands all consolidated on my website. So when I send someone a product link, they're on my website. So that's kind of the goal and, and Deco Network integrates with everybody else and does a really good job at it. And so that's one thing that I really liked. The design studio I mean that we kind of did that just because we got into DTG and we needed an option to, to sell a $14 shirt, and we can't spend an hour on the phone for a $14 shirt. You know what I mean? Like it has to be automated. So anybody ordering less than 36, they have to go to the website. So um, which is not our. I mean, this is less than 10% of our company doing, you know, both bulk orders. But it's we we were getting 100 phone calls a month with people wanting five shirts, and we had no solution for it. So we ended up buying a DTG machine setting up a, you know, a design line, a studio. And so we're probably doing, I don't know, three to $5,000, you know, a month on sales, but it almost takes no interaction. It's really driven straightly from our Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we have one guy dedicated to, you know, to do a DTG and a little bit of fulfillment and the other thing that, what the real reason why I'm doing it beyond the design studio, really, I want someone to drop in, fill out some sort of quote or start working on a design cap, you know, sign up, capture the information. And then a salesperson will call them and say, Hey. Before we even talk about product, like what are you using this for? You know, I mean, we want to learn with the customers and then provide them, and then we'll hold their hand through the whole process. But really, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to consolidate all of my products, pricing, everything in one place. So as we start branching out to having offsite salespeople, you know, salespeople in California and, you know, all over the country, um, I want to be able to have a, a strong resource where they can use the website to make their own mockups when they're sitting with the customer. It. Um, it's for our team, it's not really for the customer.
0: So how do you balance I'm just curious, how do you balance between the Deco network side or is it just the website side and then Printavo you guys use for more of the production side or
1: Absolutely. All of our production um, anything in the back end it's all on Printavo. I mean, Got we it. even do it we even do a fair amount of double entry sometimes. Anytime like occasionally you have that kind of person who's going to go through the whole process and order 50 or a hundred shirts or something um, that gets, that gets re-entered in Printavo for, for production scheduling. So how's, um,
0: how's the DTG been? Because I, I, I always hear mixed, feelings around what you said, right? The setup time yeah. and getting things going. And, and even if people fill things in or they upload this weird artwork file, it needs to be redrawn or whatever the deal is. Do you find that after doing it, it's worth the time spent and you want to continue? Or what is the strategy around it now?
1: Oh, I, I love hate it. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm right in the middle. Like I love it sometimes, I hate it other times. It's really, it's really not where we plan on, on making money. It's, it's there so that we don't tell a customer, no, like that's the whole point. It's there so that we can, if we're going back and forth with a customer, I just did this the other day, you know, I have three sample shirts sent out. I say, Hey, this is not screen printing. These colors are not absolutely accurate. This is for placement and layout and to give you something to, you know, to touch and feel because you're not local and, you know, just, just keep the ball rolling. So for sampling, it's been amazing for quick last minute things. that has been amazing. Now it's worth it now since we have, uh, we have two parts, people go in and upload stuff. I like Deco Network because it gives you a pretty big disclaimer. It shows you if your quality is good or not. And so that usually helps a lot of customers as far as their art quality. And then the other thing is we've been able to, this is kind of like really, really in beta is being able to plug into a few Shopify stores with, with a few brands and we do the fulfillment for them.
0: Gotcha.
1: So it's a lot of, it's a lot of repeat. So it's balancing that. It's there to help customers who are not bulk order customers maybe eventually turn into that. And then also to fulfill the gap so we're never setting up and taking the time to to set a press up to print five shirts. Can't justify that with the labor cost. Sure. So it's um it's okay. I, I think uh, eventually we'll probably maybe upgrade to a better machine, you know, if that works. Feels any pretty good.
0: How does outbound sales work for you guys? I see, you know, there's a fair amount of shops that want to get into it. There's a lot of questions with, you know, what does comp structure look like? How do you just set somebody up for success? Some shops try to dump them into like, you know, here's a phone book type, and that doesn't feel Um, like you're setting them up to win.
1: No, you you gotta do training. You know what I mean? That's 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 where Cardone University came in really strong. Is you know we're working with them. We, We built a script. We're kind of identifying our customer base. Uh, we're even, we're even role playing. Like we're ro- like, you gotta get over the, like the shyness and role play with each other and talk about like, you know, uh, Hey, you know, it's like, it's like ring ring. Hey, we're like, we're doing this with each other. Like, Hey, this is Austin awesome from a live print shop. Like, hang up. And we just stare at each other just to mess with each other because like it's hard out there. And so no, no, you, I mean, you do want to find the right kind of person. It's not for everybody. And, but when you have a pro- a person who feels really confident about the product, about the sales, and then being more focused on just trying to connect with the other person, the other line it does good like we're not trying to automate it we're calling it and we're saying hey you know usually it's me one of the sales managers we're doing a lot outbound because you know someone calls it's it's the owner it seems like it makes a you know makes bigger difference one of the main managers our main sales team is a lot of them like it's split up of of receiving orders and that's what they do all day long they build customer relationship they they receive orders and then there's a few of us that do outbound and it's it's really simple i mean you have a cell phone a lot of times we do it on our own cell phone so that we can follow up with the text um, and we just go through and I've just started picking companies that I want to work with. And sometimes you're thinking, oh, they're, they're probably way too big. You'd be so surprised. You call a restaurant. Hey, I'm, you know, I want to talk to the owner. We do custom sh- t-shirts. I mean, I, I just it blew my mind the other day. Cause this restaurant has 10 locations and the manager's like, yeah, let me give you the owner's cell. I was like, fantastic. I'm gonna call them on their cell phone, you know? And, but it's also a numbers game. Like you gotta realize you gotta like fall in love with the fact that like, it's hard and so just do it and have a great time. But once you find that customer, I mean, it's not all the time, but when you like make a phone call and all of a sudden that turns into an order the same day, that will keep you going for
0: months. You know what I mean? Like that interaction sure. will keep you pumped. And just you're accepting like, nine out
1: of 10 or
0: going to hang up or whatever, but you're going for that one.
1: Yeah. And then as you get better, you know, you might get it to three, you might get it to four. You might also make sure you're, you're doing warm leads. You know, you ask all your customers for referrals. Hey, who do you know? That That's the easiest way to get into it call it warmly, like they're they're ready. They're, they're probably aware of you and then call that. But uh, no, I, I do it all the time. I'm not, I, I still do it all the time. But if I'm driving somewhere and I see something, I'll stop and walk in and do it in person. Or if I see, like right now, if I see a landscape co- company truck when I'm driving, I'm calling that phone number. Like, I'm, you know what I mean? Like I'm calling them because that means they're out there. They're still working. I know they probably got 10 to 15 guys, you know, like I want customers of every size. And after 2020, I will take it all. You know, and I'm going to treat everybody like I'm giving the best experience I've ever had. And I'm like, I want 30 shirts. I want 100 shirts. I want five shirts. Like I want to, you know, get that order. It is one of those things, though, that if you're going to do outbound sales, like you need to kind of get mentally ready. Like I would say from the moment you wake up, you need to be focused. Like you can't come rolling into work half sleepy thinking you're going to do outbound. Like you need to wake up, you need to go to the gym. You need to be pumped. You need to have listened to some sort of, you know, just that confidence going into it. Yeah, absolutely. You got to get fired up. You got to have the Starbucks double shot on your way. You know, like (laughs) uh, you got to, you got to get pumped because another person didn't want to answer the phone. Like you need to be smiling while you're on the phone because they can pick that up. Right. Like, you know, like you're, you're a nobody at a, you know, calling them and you're trying to convince them that you have an answer to some problem that, that, that they have. Um,
0: and, uh, no, you're right. But, that 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 vibe definitely gets portrayed. I know when we do a lot of demos with, uh, or, or like get demoed, like if we're looking for a vendor for a software or whatever to help us, I mean, I can kind of feel it, right? I mean, and it, and it just totally turns off the conversation if they're not really listening, if they're not really that interested in our business, if they say the company name wrong. I mean, there's just a lot of things here you just- <laughs> you That out. will cue it, that will kill it. You're 100%, like... first, first three minutes, you're just sort of checked out. It's so hard to recover. There's the only time that it's recovered is actually a, a demo we recently did because we we're, were trying to hire so much, but the product mm-hmm. was so good mm-hmm. that I was like, okay, okay, this is fine. But let me just move past kind of you. And, <laughs> just let's go through the product and how things work. Yeah, but that's a really that's a really good point. You have to. Yeah. What do you really quickly too? Can you give a rough suggestion of how? people could comp somebody? Is there a small base plus commission? Is it full commission? Are you commissioning? Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Our, is, um, I don't even know where we came up with this, but it, it seemed like it works really good. Um, when someone comes on as a salesperson, um, generally they're making, they're making like 12, 1250 an hour, maybe 11, depends, you know, depends when they get started. Um, and then what we do is anybody on sales for sales, once you hit 50,000 a month in revenue, you start getting a commission of that over. So up to, up to 50,000, you're, you know, you're getting paid hourly. Uh, once you start hitting 50,000, you get a percentage of your sales. Once you hit 75,000, your percentage doubles. Once you hit a hundred thousand. Is that of the gross doubles. order? That's off the gross. Got it. That's including shipping, everything. So, okay. uh, I mean, when people are killing it and I only, I only we've set well, these numbers. That's easier to because,
0: calculate. Like,
1: you know, it's so easy. That's why we came up with it. And like, if someone does, you know, when, when someone does do 75,000 a month in sales, like a single person, I am thrilled to pay them that check. You know what I mean? Like when they've already got two paychecks and now they're getting an extra like 22, 2,500 $2, bucks, I'm thrilled. Like we're, we're, you know what I mean? Like we're we're making a big deal. We're doing some hurrah about it. Like we're, we're, you know, within the sales team, we're bragging on them. We're like, because I know back six years ago, I made the, the, the mission. I was like, I'm going to do $50,000 a month. It took me like five months to build that up. I was still spending a lot of my time checking on the guy in the back printing and running over and answering phones. But I set that as a personal goal took me four to five months to do it. I'm talking the last two, three months too. I was at like 48,000 and 49,000. And I'm, I'm calling, you know, everybody and my grandma, I know at like the 31st at midnight, like you need some shirts, you know, like, <laughs> like i got to hit this goal and it. Like it builds confidence. I had a girl who just came on. Uh, She's at 76 days and in her, so, and she's already hit commission within a month. You know, she blew out like $56,000 on, you know, on her second month not even hit 90 days. But then what we've realized too with me and Jeff is when we start, when you start the company, everyone wants to talk to you. Like, Hey, I want to talk to Bruce. Like, that's all I want to do. I want to talk to you. And that, that, that really hurts a company from growing. So it's, so I, when I bring on a new salesperson, I say, my goal is to help you hit 50,000, which means every single thing that comes through my inbox, my text message, I'm forwarding it all to you. And I'm introducing you as the best person in the entire world. Yeah, and I'm absolutely. on the back end I, on the back end, I'm going to check it all. You
0: know what I mean? I'm going to make sure they're doing a good job. That's the growth hack. That's the growth hack, which I I shall absolutely try to do is, hey, here's my yeah. cell or yeah. here's my email or here's my whatever. Just message me. Oh, what? how, how can I help you? Okay, this is the best person that's going Because honestly, I can give... The, the quick answer or a link or something like that, or yeah. like, I want to hear your opinion or the problems that you're having. But if you need help, like executing this, they're going to be just be way better <laughs> at the details because I'm like over here and I'm listening to this and I'm thinking about that. But yes, mm-hmm. you're spot on. And that's the way to scale it too, right? Because you're right. Yes. People mm-hmm. love the owner, whether it's a one person business and you're the owner or it's a hundred person business and you're the owner.
1: You know, who's really good at that is uh, is Ryan from Ryan Ed.
0: You're one hundred percent correct.
1: He he did that to me at the ISS show in January, but he did it so good that like I couldn't stop thinking about it for three days. I was like, "This dude's a pro." What what like, was it that that hit you? I go over and see you, and then I see Ryan. I'm like, you know, the guy's busy. You know, he's selling stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. let me just say say what's up to him. Super friendly. He's like, hey, have you checked out All Made? And I'm like, I heard about it. He's like, dude, you gotta check this out. So he's full of energy. Walks me over. The smoothest handoff to the All Made lady. She shows me the product. I'm using all-made shirts now. And I thought, and I said, wait, wait, wait. I just got handed off, but he did it so stinking smooth and so good that uh, I kind of stop thinking about it. Like, I'm impressed. Like, I was like, I got to get that good because his energy was up. It wasn't like, oh, man, let me, uh, let me go find someone to help you. You know what I mean? Like, he, that dude don't do that. He's over there taking ice baths, getting pumped out of his mind. And so you know, yeah. like-
0: no, it is good. Right. And, 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 you know, the other thing I think that he does is that continuing that, that owner front facing role, but at yeah. scale, right. Where, yes. where, yes, I'm going to help you. I'm going to text you back. I'm going to email you back right away, but here's that handoff that you're talking about. So somebody can actually be able to help because he can't, you can't, I can't, you know, no, you can't do it all to help get into the nitty gritty and not good even at that and probably don't know Dude. nearly as well as the team does anyway. Well, here, here's
1: why it was so good is because, I mean, energy was, you know, through the rough, you know, really sincerely, you know, w- w- was happy to see me again and said, what's up. But then when he handed me off, he handed me off as someone that was passionate about that part of the business, uh, their display for all made shirts, showing how they're cotton and recycled and made out of plastic bottles. Like their display was on point. The lady telling me about it like i think she had flown to one of their factories she had been doing this for a while she's pumped out of her mind about it and i was just i i mean that was my biggest takeaway from the show i went back and i was like i'm gonna get so good at making people feel special and then making sure they're connected to someone that i think is also special you know and making that introduction and then making sure they're you know it's not just that it's, you've got to do the follow through, you know, that's what makes it work so much. But I, I mean, I, I couldn't stop thinking about that after the show. I was like, this dude is a
0: stinking boss, man. That's huge. That's huge. I um, wrapping up. I got one question for you. Austin. What's your mm-hmm. biggest challenge you think that's going to be that you want to tackle in 2021? Uh, It's
1: being, it's being flexible. It's being flexible. I'm really trying to make sure that we're, we're gung ho, we're going all out, but that we're able to, to roll with the punches because last year's not over. Like it's, it's not over. We have to be, I agree. We have to be really nimble. nimble. I mean, we've even been doing this sometimes where, I mean, we went, we scaled up, we bought a whole embroidery department in house. We have 22 people on staff. Now we do, we do four day weeks now, you know, just because I don't want to lose anybody. I have the best people around. I don't want to start laying people off. So the best way to do that across the board is. Most of our staff only works Tuesday, Tuesday to Friday now. It brings payroll down. You know, most people, hey, they've been killing themselves anyways, working nonstop. They get more time to spend with their family. It's probably only going to last a few weeks. A few of our sales team, sales team don't have times off because th- their job is, you know, to to stir up business. So we still work five days a week, but it's just being just things like that, being able to switch over and make minor changes. Hey, we're all, next few weeks we're all going to work four day weeks now. You know, bring bring payroll down a little bit, stuff like that. And so like me and my wife have been talking our new goal, our new plan is to not have a plan, but to have a strategy. Like we're not trying to check boxes. It's like, okay, we're going to find unique opportunity. Let's be ready to tackle it. Like right now it's it's school uniforms. We never did that. It just happened that a giant school that needs lots of, you know, private school that needs uniforms had a problem and we were able to fix it. So it's really about being nimble. We have sales goals that we're always trying to hit. Man, everything like last year, last year was a shaking, but this year is going to be how it pans out and like we have to be ready and like vigilant and re-looking at our process okay got shooken last year we think we made it better but is it really better so it's all like kind of re-examining and making sure we're going to end 2021 strong and then we're going to be able to kind of you know make it over the hurdles when they show up it's not like like it's not like a normal race where you see a bunch of hurdles it's more like you're running through and things are popping up you know what i mean and you gotta like oh you gotta dodge it you gotta duck 100%. You got to go around. You, you got to, you know. Oh, someone else got COVID. Okay, they're out for two weeks. They're out for two weeks. It seems like almost almost every here, everybody here has been out for two to three weeks at some point. And so it's it's just like that. So that that's the plan is is be really flexible and make sure we're capitalizing on every single opportunity.
0: That's huge, everybody. This is Austin Boyd from a live print shop. You can follow him on Instagram. You can reach out. Check out his website follow the journey, this has been incredible. Thanks so much for sharing.
1: Dude, thank you so much, man. You guys are the best. Printavo is the best. That's (laughs) one thing I didn't say enough is when we got on Printavo about 2016, 2017, when we started adjusting things, we found a system that worked. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it was so good, man, to be able to put everything together. And so, Thank I mean, you. I'm using print. I'm jumping on my phone every day. We're all out of our emails. We're all Printavo experts. Ooh, and one, we've one got
0: hired a, a a really great senior mobile engineer and he's just completely revamping it, adding so much new functionality into there too, so. I'll tell you, my, my favorite
1: thing, just one last thing, is yeah. the little pop-up that shows up in the corner of the screen saying there's something new. <laughs> like yeah. Like, these are real people. They're on the other side. Like when you guys added the little drop down where we can pick like shipping method,
0: Yeah.
1: I, I, I like ran out of the office and was yelling. I was like, did you guys see this? Like, that's a problem that we legit have right now. Yeah. Like, well, how, how's a customer going to get it? Well, I don't know. Did you put a note down? You know what I mean? Like we like made it a party and so we're thrilled and to work with other people that are thrilled, I, I didn't share with you, our, our motto for 2021 is build your brand, pursue your passion, because that's our ideal customer. And when we work with you guys, like, man, you know, like to see someone also just pumped out of their mind about, you know, about a system, it doesn't even matter what it is. It's just that you're a passionate person and you're pursuing your passion, you know, and I love it. I absolutely love it.
0: I mean, likewise, back at you and thank you for the kind words too. I'm going to share it with the team and I hope to see you at, I don't know, I guess impression. I, mean, I don't even know if what it is. It is. I'll be there. Yeah. Anyway, I'll see you there. Whatever the next thing is.
1: Awesome, man. Thank you so much, Bruce.
0: Thanks. All right.